2: yeah.
0: Stop talking Blog talk radio.
1: <clears throat> Hello everybody and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. Awesome. Yeah, let's I hope can't hope that's wait That's not a sign of things to come. <laughs> uh I, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. (laughs) And this week, you know, it's the big, big week. Yeah. Right? We're doing Iron Man 3, and I'm going to throw this out right away, okay, Um, (laughs) just to kick things off, because in our, you know, little summary... On the website, I mentioned the playing of interviews, which we we do fairly frequently, and um, you know, then I saw the movie and I I didn't care anymore about about putting anything up. And I'll tell you this: the thing that I'll tell you this because I'm not going to play a bunch of interview clips just for this purpose, but listening to uh, a lot of little you know, basically press release like interview, interview stuff, right? Um, I am not convinced that Robert Downey Jr. thought this movie was that great.
0: (laughs)
2: Because I read a couple. he, He does
1: not say a lot of super awesome things.
2: I read a couple things, and he, yeah, I don't know. I think you could take it either way. Like he's really close friends with Shane Black and owes a lot to him. How he feels he owes a lot to him. Because when he finally got his life straight, wasn't drugging and drinking, and finally got out of jail, right? Shane Black gave him the first big role and said, "Look, I think you're talented as hell. Let's go." Right. And he's always remembered that, and that's basically one of the reasons why at, he got this job. But some at, of the at, stuff at, I've read—that's
1: that's how Shane—and that's you know, if you're not really familiar now, you were talking before uh, we even saw this movie uh-huh. that you like Shane Black. I love Shane Black. So. Which, you know. For one thing, I don't know, he hasn't got enough stuff to love his
2: stuff. He's only and directed, not only that, but well, he hasn't been around since two thousand five, really. So. He's been around forever. He he first became famous when he sold the screenplay to lethal weapon. Right. And lethal weapon is eighty seven. Right. You and know, he had, took a long time off after doing other he, things. He's like got the lethal, lethal weapon, weapon 2. and he's got like uh Kiss Kiss Bang
1: Bang. He, and kiss Kiss
2: Bang Bang was that's the last his, that's film he his, directed. It's the only film That's he's the directed
1: only thing except for he's this. directed, right. right. So so clearly at this point, I mean well, – But he doesn't have a whole bunch of movies like – Like when you say I love his stuff, it's not like you know all those 30 movies that he's made. I love all those. Right. Stuff. When I say he, I love Shane Black,
2: have a whole lot of stuff. Right. When I say I love Shane Black's – work. I mean his writing. Right. Like I love the kind of film. And, and he, he doesn't
1: writes. he doesn't have that many of those. He doesn't either. have a ton and, of them. No. And, but every one of and them it's still been a while. Are,
2: are huge. It's still been yeah. a
1: while even since then. Yeah. So I mean clearly we know yeah how he got this job because at some point Robert Downey Jr. said, Fine, I I'll, I'll be in your third movie. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you who's directing. Right. I want I want my buddy to direct right. it or something like that. And yeah. here's the movie you get for that. So this is uh you know killing at the box office. Okay. Yeah, it's and, no it's obviously this. everyone has seen. It. It's obviously going to be the gigantic movie anyway. You knew that going in, but maybe a little bit surprising just how big How big? It's being Man. even when you know that this is going to be huge. Like the international yeah. box office is the last numbers I enormous,
2: crazy. I thought I read them
1: wrong. I hear that it did not quite beat the Avengers. Right, it came uh, so um, close, but very close. Yeah, and and that's a bit of a surprise, even yeah. even with the hype that obviously is going to be around. You know, hey, it's it's the next year right. and it's one of the guys from the Avengers. Right. So clearly everyone wants to go because everyone loves right. the Avengers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But even still, man, it is it's huge. Doing crazy, and it's doing super huge here. And uh, you know, the other big thing, there is kind of like a tug of war going on with this movie between, you know, gigantic box office mm-hmm. and uh not a lot of Critics really loving it. Now, right. it's not doing that bad. If you look at like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or something like that,
0: Yeah, it's
1: not doing that bad, but it's not doing that great. Yeah. And, and Rotten Tomatoes, as we've said before, yeah. is, you know, it's something like 74 was, or 5 yeah. or around there the last time I looked at it. And, uh, you know, a little bit skewed because a lot of that is people giving me just barely fresh right. rating is, or whatever. Yeah, this so, is your take on... So people are giving it, like, say, three out of five or whatever, yeah. or even two and a half. I don't know exactly what you have to rate it to be fresh, but right. But there, it's not getting uh, the score that it's getting because everyone says this is the greatest movie ever, right? right. But there are critics who are saying that it's right. super awesome, right? Yeah. But there are also critics who are saying it's horrible, right? right? And And it all has to do, mostly, anyway, with the Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most of the hating it, whether it's critics or even, like, users, obviously. Right, just your
2: general moviegoer.
1: And uh, so I will tell you also right now that – we're probably gonna spoil this certain is, uh, things we because
2: talk, this is our kind <laughs> because of why kids. not? Really. Well, I figured we'd give like an overview, at, you know, but we can only really talk about whether we liked or didn't like the movie by talking about something that's very important in the movie, and it doesn't happen at the end either. It right, kind of no, happens like the like minutes in the middle the or, end something. or something. So yeah. we should give a little bit, you know, and then just say, "Look, okay, now it's spoiler time. We're gonna have to tell you stuff." Right.
1: Um, so. Also, I, you know, I just got to throw out I'm uh, I'm actually a little slow on the chat room, but uh if anyone wants to chime in here with us, uh we got the chat room open and we're
2: open to calls. We're open to calls. So, I've heard I've heard a few people saying they were going to call in, so we'll really? see. I'm throwing the uh, gauntlet for calling that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we are very close friends with some people who Yeah, I know if you have few friends who movies didn't have enough time to tell. us. This
1: is them. one of those movies too, and uh, you know, before I guess we can kinda like I don't know, run through the a little, yeah. Run I mean, through the everybody's. plot. I mean it's a comic book movie. The plot is <laughs> bad guys come. God, You've repressive. seen the trailers, right? They right. destroy his house and everything. So so we have, uh, and and like I said, going into this movie too, this is another example where we're kind of uh, apparently developing a trend of superhero movies where the third movie has to be the one where, you know, you get your ass kicked as the superhero right. and. And basically, you have to prove that you can do some stuff like right. without your utility belt
2: or well, without happens. your yeah.
1: <laughs> without your 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 suit of Iron armor. Suit. Whatever. This
2: happens a bunch both in comics and in the films where Superman loses his powers and has to mope around, or Spider Man can't make his web slinging work. Right, and, right. You know, you see this thing where the idea is that they get stripped down to nothing and they have to build themselves back up both right. confidence and powers, and it's supposed to be a cathartic transformation right. thing and And even so far in this film, there's a point where Tony Stark says, "You know, I used the suits as a cocoon, and now I have I've emerged, right? Like I am Iron Man." Which, um, which as a metaphor, is very heavy handed, but they even go right out and say it that, obviously. So, right.
1: Which, um, you know, the the end of this movie, I'll tell you. We'll start at the end. The end of this movie. (laughs) So much for the spoiler. The end of this movie sets you up for a very confusing Iron Man four. Like, like, where exactly do yeah. we go for Iron Man 4? Because, anyway, because of this whole... Yeah. The suits and the... Whatever, I don't know. And, uh, you know... That was a good... Well, we'll get Pe- to that. Pepper, that was a good
2: decision, actually.
1: Pepper Potts has to have her... Right, she's got uh, her uh, unhappiness about the suits or right. whatever. Anyway. Women. Um, yeah, so... So but pretty early on there is like this, you know, twisty whatever thing, whatever you want to call it. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's not like right away or anything, but as we like start out the movie, I actually kinda liked the start, even though my gut reaction to the way that the movie was starting was, Oh God, here we go again. Cause it's like this flashback thing. We, we've,
2: you always want Tony, see the, yeah.
1: Tony Stark is doing this voiceover <laughs> where he's going, yeah. Oh, well, we create our own demons and right. And it all started on a rainy Thursday. In 1999. And, <laughs> right, I mean, it's yeah. all this. And, and as that started happening, I kind of was like rolling my eyes and everything, but it actually worked out pretty yeah. well. They, they, right. they did that, uh, Pretty solidly, I think, to kind of set up this thing. And what was interesting about it, I thought, is that you know, the first two movies, um, Tony Stark is kind of all about this great evilness. And in a comic book, you've got to have some sort of great evilness, right? right. I mean, we've actually, we right. talked about that in like the Batman movie and stuff like that. It's not like somebody's robbing a liquor store and Batman shows up, right? There <laughs> right. has to be like some serious thing to it, right? right? And But at the same time in this movie, which I thought was pretty cool, um, it's really, it's a personal focus thing. It's, it's what did Tony Stark do in his past right. that created his own demons and right. stuff. And so that whole beginning part worked out pretty well, I thought. And I don't know, maybe no one else will care who's watching it, but for me I was I was instantly very nervous about the whole movie when yeah. when that's the way I, uh, that I saw we were going. So we go back to 1999 and we've got um he, he's got somebody who's a botanist Who's making exploding plants? Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Guy Pierce, or, or, although I think he he says his name Gee, but he,
2: his name is Gee Pierce. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Guy <laughs> but... Pierce sounds awesome, and I purposely say it wrong. Just yeah. Because anyway, it better. So, uh, so Guy Pierce.
1: Yeah, Gee Pierce or uh, whatever his name is, right? Yeah.
2: So he starts out
1: really horrible in this movie. I yep. thought. Um, he he, get, he's, he's he gets fairly, he gets fairly better exactly he is really like you know the nerdy goofball who you don't want to ever show up right. anywhere near you and and it's and he wants Tony Stark to join him in a think tank and whatever they don't even really get into much of anything uh, what it's supposed to be when it starts out or mm-hmm. blah 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 right. Um, and, and so Tony Stark naturally blows him off and everything. Uh And, and both of them basically set us up for where we will be later on. Right. Together kind of, I I don't know, like around the back door or something, because what actually happens in the future is Mandarin, right? right? And the Mandarin is blowing stuff up and, and he is uh breaking into all the televisions in in the country and yep. talking to the president and saying, "Oh mr. president, you can't I'm, stop I'm me. after the you, upcoming. you can't stop right. me and all this stuff right and uh and basically it's this whole you know new terrorism threat right. or whatever right. on the on the like global scale except What's kind of interesting about it, I think, is that um, it makes sense once you get far enough and you know what's going on, and we, you know, release the twist or whatever. But before that point, <laughs> like it's a kraken, right? That's
2: awesome, release the twist. Before
1: awesome. before that point. It's a very confusing terrorism plot because they seem to be blowing up. Nothing anyone cares if they blow up. And it's like they start uh, having these excuses. There's one like there's Grom's uh, Chinese theater. And so it's like the the target sort of is the theater, except we don't really blow up the theater. Right. We blow up kind of a little area outside the theater. Right. But then the Mandarin gets on. (laughs) Gets on the line by breaking into all the TVs and saying, uh, you know, some goofy story about fortune cookies. And it's like, okay, now relate it to China somehow so that we can be making a statement.
2: You know, okay, just as a quick interjection, this is a really weird movie for that reason alone, and I know you know this, but this is one of the first films to really cater to a foreign investor. China. Oh right, we have China is a thing, huge right, investor yeah, yeah. literally in this movie and there's another cut of this film that's like four or six minutes longer that has more Chinese stars in it and they did different Chinese product placement in right, certain right. scenes. So you had a scene and then you cut and then you replaced the stuff on the table with Chinese product right, and you redid right. the scene longer. So there's a weird nod to China in that film. A, that's that's been a whole like strange. That's been a whole like thing in the uh
1: you know the internet like in the trade, was a buzz yeah, right. of whatever <laughs> i don't know um but that is that is kind of weird but so that so that's where we're going is and you know i always think this is like kind of <laughs> it's kind of like the funny you know weird things that pop up in movies like yeah. you know the bad guy is always taking over all the TVs in the country right. and making everybody watch something <laughs> right which could not be more impossible to do i mean you know it's fine to have okay. things that are hard Come to do on, uh, yeah. right if you want to just take over the president's TV, probably you could figure out a way to do that, right? Yeah. Or if you want to just take over whatever, but all at once you take over all the – I mean there's nah, – There's only like three satellites you got to come the, here. That's no big deal. The, the way that that works really is that <laughs> the people making the movies, right, mm-hmm. think to themselves, people don't actually have any idea how TV, how TV works. works. So we'll just say that this happens. Anyway – but that's like such a common theme that we, I love in we a movie, take over
2: all the TVs in the world. I love in a movie where a guy puts a miniature arc reactor in his chest. You're arguing about this is not how television <laughs> works. But the miniature arc reactor—that's like seeing Superman fly it- and be like, his cape wouldn't move like that. <laughs> I mean, all right, <laughs> right, I get it, but let's go. But but it was on. I just think it's like one I of those know. funny villainy. It things, is a total you villain know, trope that, 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 that they're always they always from. come and do everything, and then you got a guy right. in the production room goes, <laughs> where's that coming from? Block the signal. <laughs> Nobody can block the signal. Come on. Anyway. Right. So yeah, there's it's, a big terrorist it's attack. It's magic. Anyway. Right. And he's going after the president for all these reasons that you believe are the mandarins right and then you've got uh you know tony has his
1: own problems which this this i think you know it was a good and a bad thing but he's basically got like ptsd from being from with the avengers Right. right And so he can't sleep, and you know the I don't know. He keeps making our, suits. Our relationship and, is right. on the rocks, and he keeps making more and more suits with right. weirder and weirder adjustments. Each one and is like specialized for things, and yeah. And what ends up happening is that uh, in one of these weird explosions, it gets personal, right? Because that's how it always has to be, right? Because actually, we've got. Um, the Iron Patriot now. War yeah, Machine is now right. the
2: Iron Patriot. That was a funny scene where they're like talking about it, and he's like, "That name sucks." <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, so
1: now he is supposed to be dealing with things like that. So like Tony mm-hmm. Stark can just go, "Okay, well, so the Mandarin," but right. and and he is kind of like going, "I could help," you know, right. I, "I could help," but right. but he doesn't have to. He's not the only superhero. And it's a little bit different. So it, just because there's this guy blowing up, does not necessarily mean that he, right. he's he's, he's, he's the rest. Of it was right? personal, and um, you know, <laughs> John Favreau gets hurt. Right.
2: Happy Hogan, who's you know right. got a new role, he's still in the movie, but he right. he, he he's basically a bystander. He's an accidental bystander right. in an explosion, and. That draws Tony Stark in. He's like, wow, my friend was almost killed because of the Mandarin. Right. So then he he gets
1: involved. So then he threatens the Mandarin on TV. The reporters come out of the hospital. And so he says he tells the Mandarin his address. Right. Because, you know, there's no way to find out what his address is, uh, except luckily he said what it is. Right. (laughs) Because no one would ever know that he lived there. But anyway, he, he like basically threatens the Mandarin and says he's now he's after you and everything like right. that. So then they come and blow up his house. Right. And and this is what you see in all the trailers. Everyone's seen it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all. It that all happens. I early mean, in you the movie. see that whole thing, right. right? That's that's really early. Which you know, if you're being a stickler, that's another thing sure. about like you know helicopters flying around with right. missiles. And okay. I did not like the trailer right there because I have to think that Jarvis has. Something to do with protecting the house, and you know, if I was Iron Man, mm-hmm. anyway.
2: But that's what happens. But we, there's, we, there's we a all... reason for that later, and that there's a big problem with that later too. But anyway.
1: But anyway, right? And and actually, as we get to the end of the movie, the very end, then all of a sudden, there's really kind of a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I what I hate, and here's here's the thing, because I know everybody who's listening. Love this movie anyway, and so no one cares. But, um, y- you know, there's a difference, I think, between going, uh, you know, saying there's a problem with, like, taking over all the TV screens mm-hmm. or, you know, that anyone can just fly a helicopter anywhere they want to and no one's going to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> – Like as long as you go buy a helicopter and you have nefarious plans, you can just go fly it wherever you want, and and then when you hit the launch, you'll be fine because no one would do anything about a helicopter that no one that wasn't supposed to be there, right? Right. Anyway, you know, there's there's one thing with that, but one of the things that really bugs me is when people complain about plot holes and don't actually understand what plot holes are. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: because um, this movie actually has a certain plot hole at least at the at the end um but you know people will will constantly say like y- you know this question was asked and what and wasn't answered or right. the answer if you did answer it the answer doesn't really make sense right. and fit in the movie
2: right it's not
1: really no. a plot hole right
2: no, that's not a plot hole a
1: a plot hole is when like okay at the end of the movie right <laughs> and I I won't tell you the end of the movie, but um, basically at the end of the movie, I'll spoil it for you. um, Iron Man doesn't die or anything. And you know, he wins right at the end of the movie. He wins in a way that if you could win that way at the end of the movie, you could have won that way at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's, more of a plot hole really that uh this just comes out of nowhere because now we want to end the movie you know i mean it's like it's like when when the plot it kind of itself doesn't make sense within itself and you know it actually works out pretty cool and it's kind of a cool scene and hopefully you don't pay that much attention to it because it's not that big a deal or anything but it is something that when it happened i was like Hmm. <laughs> that just seems <laughs> a would little have been, strange. That would have made right? more
2: sense a month ago.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, we you know Tony Stark gets blown up. Obviously, um, Pepper Potts is in danger at certain points. And now a lot of people I've I've actually heard complain about uh, he has this thing, and this is you know not giving anything away either, but his new trick basically he's been he's been not sleeping for days at a time so that he's just in his lab working on his suits right. and everything and his new gig is to kind of implant things in him so that he can control the little pieces of his suit so he that can call so, them
2: remotely right
1: and... so that basically he can just stand there and like tell the suit to come get on him and mm-hmm. the individual pieces fly at him and right. And I've heard some people complaining about the utter goofiness of that and how it's just a totally, like, totally bonkers thing. It's like it's like if you're Iron Man and you can fly and all this stuff, fine. But right. at some point, you're getting too goofy. I don't know. People have complained about that. And I will give you that it is a little bit weird. Okay. There are many. P- I cannot agree. The, the, there, there are many
2: parts of that idea that are a little bit weird. I just think that's a, that's a niche of the audience <laughs> who's looking for something. Again, this is, this is a character. We're following up this story. This story is an immediate follow up to this guy fighting an alien race. Right. And going through a rip in the universe to drop a big nuclear bomb on them and then fall back. Right. And then he's caught by an incredibly radiated doctor and saves the day with all these aliens. I mean, you're talking about, this is again, like hey, if Superman could fly his cape, wouldn't look like that. Well, not you. I, do, I, is, don't, look, if, I don't know if it is, No, If there's a guy that can build this technology and you just saw him fighting aliens, ripping through the sky of New York City, and he defeated them by flying through that wormhole and flying out with a nuclear bomb and your next arg not you but the audience's next argument is well he couldn't make armor that did that right you're an idiot you're well, an idiot. Because he just fought <laughs> okay. aliens. Okay, but listen. Next th- to a there's, god. There's there's a you're difference, right? There's a difference, right? Okay. okay um, I'd be curious I, to hear the difference because I, I think you're I, an idiot. Not I'm you, going to say
1: them. I'm gonna say that there's a difference. Because okay. there's a difference between being in a movie where you're fighting aliens, right? Okay. Because being in a movie where you're fighting <gasps> aliens does not mean that like all rules of physics fly out the door and I. I just have to believe anything you say because you've already said they're aliens, right? The, the, fact, that pass, there, the fact that, that they're aliens is not in itself like something that's impossible to exist, right? Agreed. And so the the difference would be maybe like um, you know whether or not you could make something that can fly by itself, know where you are. Plus, you know, oftentimes in this movie, I gotta say. Even if you're going to do this, you could kind of push the realm because, mm-hmm. like, when a thing flies into you, right, at like 100 miles an hour and slams into your body, right, you're not already protected by your armor, <laughs> right? When it's attaching, coming to hit you we're not and attach gonna, you to, right? I know
2: we're not going to get into the physics a, of his genius, <sighs> which would be reverse magnetic propulsion based on the things he put in his room. No, but I think that
1: there's, you know, there is some sort of line where you can't just say, well, there were
2: aliens. So I agree. and So so anything they do is fair game. But I, I, okay, now the counterpoint to that is, of course, like he's not just all of a sudden tapping his watch and abracadabra the suits on him. He's actually showing that he's tinkering and working with them, and he shows that it doesn't always work. He has to tinker more with it. You right. get the idea. You already know he's one of the smartest people on the planet, right. not just because he's got a zillion dollars and can afford a tumbler and a Batarang. Like he's like right. this guy that can make this stuff work. Give him enough time, give him enough motivation. He's going to come up with new things. That's like saying there's a line in the sand where technology exists and we're never going to get past that, which is stupid because eventually technology grows and the people that push technology are the smartest people, the most capable, those people that try new things. Right. So you're right. Aliens doesn't give you a get-out-of-jail-free card to just make Alakazoie like Harry Potter ones that put armor on you. But they're stupid if that's their <clears> argument <throat> because you have the best technological innovator ever right. who has already leaps and bounds. If, even if you disagree with like, part of what the second film was showing was that he was like, I'm 15 to 20 years ahead of everybody, just me. And the American government wants my suits. You can't have it. No one else is going to have it. Right. He, He basically set up this established routine, which is he's super genius and he can come up with these things and he has the motivation. He's got the time. He's got the money. He's got the knowledge. I'm sorry. I think that argument is totally weak. And again, it's Superman's cape wouldn't look like that because of all that stuff. It's not like when you watch the different versions of Peter Parker. Who, though he's a scientific, you know, mastermind kid in college, who's really more advanced than everyone else in his in his room, can somehow synthesize webs and web shooters and stuff. One version of the movies makes that happen, and the other just is it was coming out of his wrist like a real spider. Right. You know, one of them is a little bit more believable than the other. Y- you could argue that maybe Peter Parker couldn't come up with this stuff because all he can do is basically come up with his rent money and that's it. But it's established that Tony Stark can do it. Right. And it, anyway, I'm sorry. It's established that it's there, and if that's your argument, Whatever. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, I still don't think that that gives you like free
1: okay. reign for him to invent like. I think it's possible anything in, you in want the, in but, the
2: environment where he's made all these suits. I think it's believable that he could have made a suit that does it.
1: Well, anyway, whether whether he can or not, um, you know. So anyway, people are saying that's pretty goofy. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: and I think. I think there are points in the movie where they do it kind of goofy. I think I think there are points in the movie where even if you want to let him have it, right? Right. It it, it happens really goofy. There are parts where he gets hit by the things and like spun around. The crotch piece when it flies into it It never looks good. (laughs) Right, but. But anyway, whether you like that or you don't like it, or or whatever your take on it is, when the house gets attacked and we have Pepper Potts getting right. in danger and everything, and it, so he like he, he protects her, throws the suit on her. Right. That was really cool. See, it was awesome. I didn't think I was gonna like it. <laughs> right. That and I didn't. And that, that, that
2: was pretty cool. And I kept waiting for the one thing that they were smart enough to do, which was she's got the suit on. She clearly, by her reaction, has never had the suit on before. Right. So she's not going to know how to do anything. I was expecting her to rip. You know, she saves some woman. You know, the the, the button who's come to try to warn Stark. I was waiting for her to rip her arm out of her socket. Like, right. cause she and she does kind of make some mistakes. She's like, I don't know how to use this. What am I doing? Right, right. Then Tony's like, Okay, look, give, <clears throat> give me that back. Right, because you're really going to mess everything up. Right. But anyway, that the,
1: was a it, cool it, moment. That yeah. was that was a cool scene, and you have to have those things to do it. And right. so there, you know, there
2: you, you go. jump into
1: that. But, but anyway. So we're uh, we're about half done on time here, and um, I th- I think we just have to spoil it because most of what yeah. I'm actually interested in talking about has some relation to yeah, and I've got some other stuff Mandarin. too. So we should jump in. Um, and and here's the thing about the Mandarin. I think the Mandarin and and where it goes wrong or where it doesn't go wrong if you don't care and, right. and you just think it's fine. I think the Mandarin and our de- the decisions we made uh, about what we were going to do with the Mandarin and stuff is very telling about a lot of stuff in this movie. I agree because there are actually a lot of parts of the movie that I like. Yeah,
2: we've been we've been kind of negative on this, <clears throat> but it's right. This is a weird movie, right? There's a lot to be negative, ne- negative and critical of, but it's still it's kind of fun. But it's not always fun. Yeah, I didn't think it was that much fun. I had fun at some uh, points, but I didn't at think some, it was at
1: some fun. points I did. And you know, there's there's always the thing going on with Tony Stark, especially just from what's been established with right. the other movies, that you know he's funny and he's yeah, you he's know him. making his right. wittiness yeah. happen and stuff. And there were a lot of times that those parts of the movie I thought worked really well. I think yeah. they actually were. Funny and not just little things where we're going to say Tony Stark is like this, right? But they were actually funny, you yeah. know. I, I especially when he's got that other kid, right? He he runs into the little kid in the small town because there's system failure and he has to <laughs> right. whatever. Anyway, but um, a lot of those things were like bizarrely good mm-hmm. that he was like with this little kid, right. and that is not those Tony Stark well. that right. we've seen before him having to interact with right uh, any, any little right. kids or anybody. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. But there are a lot of parts in the movie that I think has like a theory or like as a kind of a thematic element that you're trying to put forward. I like the theory. Mm-hmm. I don't like how it happens in the movie. Right. You know, there, there are several different parts, even the part, um, you know, the part at the end, basically, where uh, I've already talked about how it just seems weird that uh, right. now suddenly we can do that because you know <laughs> We're ob- at the end, <laughs> well, because obviously like uh, super Iron Man suits can't break out of like a little thing until right. some crane pulls a half a foot of rock off of something. Right. I, I mean, it, <laughs> if it can't get out of there, what do you need that suit for? Right. <laughs> What's that going to do for you? Right. Yeah, anyway, no. I liked the idea <laughs> of basically like Jarvis saving the day. Yeah. Uh, and not Iron Man. Yeah. Really. I, I thought man, you could do like cool stuff with that. But then by the time it was at the end of a lot of goofy stuff happening in the movie, I didn't really love it. And I uh, another thing that I didn't really love and I don't know if this relates really to Iron Man in the comics or anything. Yeah. But so what happens is uh we eventually figure out that we have these super bad guys who take whatever this weird botanist regrowth super the serum ex, the stuff yeah. that uh, makes it so that, you know, you can't be hurt. or Super you, or regenerative. You, you just, yeah. You're You've like, got all
2: these different abilities because it codes the missing it, parts of your DNA.
1: And it makes you really strong or whatever. Yep.
2: And it makes
1: you really hot. Right. You can you, get lava you, hot. You can right. get like really hot. There's something about the fact that if really, really hotness touches an Iron Man suit, it just shuts off. That really did not work well for me. If you're going to do something like that, I need some kind of explanation (laughs) somewhere or show me something or do something. But it's like. You know, like you were talking about with uh, Tony Stark building everything, right? Yeah, we know a lot of stuff about these suits. Mm-hmm. They are not built so that you know, it, some, if somebody walked up and shot Iron Man and he went down, you would go, "What the hell hey, are what you kind talking of about?" What was right? that? Yeah, and now this guy's really hot and touches mm-hmm. uh, like. um I keep wanting to say War Machine, but yeah. <laughs> Iron Patriot. Patriot. Iron Patriot. And, Patriot sounds like a horrible cover band. And it's and, and, I can't. and it's like boom, the suit turns off, right. and then he's just trapped in it. And then it's like, how can we get it to turn back on? Right. And then there's like a whole thing about we have to get him out of the suit and what blah, blah 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 right. Yeah. And I, and I'm like. So we're not going to say anything about (laughs) why that makes sense at all. I mean, all, you know, this girl touches him on the arm really hot and then he just falls over. Yeah. And then later on, uh, you know, Tony is fighting a different guy with the same thing. And he grabs his arm and pretty much about takes him down. And he doesn't quite turn him like right off, but it's major, major problem. and, And still nothing. And I'm going, what? do we not get anything at all about why that is supposed to
2: make sense? You're just supposed to You're just supposed to go, just supposed I to said it, it right. and you right. will just take it. Well, it, it, those moments always are frustrating because it reminds me of being a little kid when you're playing make-believe, and you're like, I'm invincible. And you're like, no, you're not. I said you weren't. <laughs> right. you're like, but I said it first. But I touched you with the but super I you right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> death to invincible creatures, Ray. <laughs> the Mandarin. Right, because we're gonna we're gonna are okay, right. so, gonna go over an hour. Or, no, you're
1: right. So, um, the, well, I don't even know that I have that much stuff to say. Uh well, it, it, I, it, to I you can say lots of stuff. I <laughs> hated it. That's all I yeah. need to know. We don't even have like one person in the chat room. This is they're all busy is a watching complete the movie. Anomaly. No, they're all, never. They're seen all listening. No one in. So um, we're we're actually on right okay yeah anyway <laughs> that
2: would be a great what, show you, you have to, you have to you check come that come to back tomorrow you do have to check sometimes
1: um, yeah so the Mandarin Ben so Ben Kingsley Ben Kingsley is the Mandarin and we see several parts going up uh, as as the movie is progressing where right. he's he's delivering the speeches he has this very strange accent yeah. like. Um like it's almost no accent. It's just like uh right. you yeah, know? No, it's, it's,
2: like, it's almost like no accent for like Put accent. on menacing it's, voice. It's, yeah. You know, it's like
1: <clears throat> anyway. And he's talking about how um, bad America is horrible, and all and this stuff. And... So uh we eventually get to Tony Stark uh break with without a suit. And right. uh, just having gone basically to Home Depot just and picked gone, up some
2: stuff. Yeah, he got some like dart bracing <laughs> with like fertilizer. <clears throat>
1: breaks into where Jarvis has determined that the Mandarin is transmitting his messages <laughs> from. Yeah. And so he breaks in and then there's Ben Kingsley and he's like, aha. And it turns out Ben Kingsley is Trevor. Trevor. Whatever, Vinny, Trevor, whatever his name Trevor. is. Trevor. Trevor the British actor who is just playing the part of the Mandarin. Right. And it's actually uh, Guy Pierce's character is is behind everything. He's the supervillain. Yep. And he uh you know took the botany experiment gone wrong from the girl from the beginning right. and whatever and turned it into the ter- turning people into superhuman lava people, whatever. Right. And uh and basically what it is is that every once in a while, for reasons that we don't completely know, it just goes wrong
2: and you blow up.
1: Yeah, just, it doesn't and, have, not
2: everybody it's just for some reason and
1: just, uh or or, or you, if you take too much of it it's at a time right. or you know, whatever it is,
2: but uh, you blow up and you blow up good. And these are the explosions that took Happy Hogan and then all these other things have happened. They are soldiers who are taking the extremist right. DNA string and they can't take it and right. they explode.
1: And they are uh, you know, like they lost
2: a limb in battle oh, right, yeah. or the regenerative you know, things, stuff. Things yeah. like
1: that. So that's that's like, you know, the cell that you have for somebody right. to go, Oh, you have this experimental thing? Okay. <laughs> Right. I I don't know. I don't know what about that exactly makes it to sell for um yeah. oh I will follow you anywhere and do whatever you say crazy master. But Right. Anyway, um we find Ben Kingsley and he's just Trevor and and he's just he, and he's this British he's, sissy
2: kind he's of like
1: nothing. He's nothing. He's like a out. guy who was a homeless actor <laughs> right. that yeah. Guy Pierce found right. and said, "Hey, you're going to play this and hear your lines." And that's just really, really horrible. And and then well, and then find boom, a
2: guy. Why boom not there's some, the rest you know, of your well, because you know, I mean, like,
1: well, I think the story, if you had to ask, uh, Shane Black and yeah. his screenwriting prowess, I think the story would be that he he is an actor who actually right. had done some real real ish yeah. acting or yeah. whatever he you know they talk about how he played at something. So you want to have somebody who can act, but that no one is ever going to put together, know who they are or something, right? So that's your story. You need to find an actor who has fallen on hard times that you can... That hopefully no one will
2: recognize from your local repertory theater.
1: So as far as anyone who knows anything about the comics is concerned, I have to think that you hate this movie. Yeah, and uh, I, if
2: you are this is why some of my in friends were anyway. Yeah. If,
1: if you are in any way a person who knows the comics, because this really is, uh, I mean, as far as the whole movie goes, and let's just say just a movie, maybe all you've done is seen the Avengers and seen right. the other Iron Man movies, and you don't know anything about who the Mandarin is, and you don't care. Right. It's
2: still really stupid. It is. <laughs> it's still a exactly. really, really stupid. It doesn't thing. matter where you come from. It's just not right. Good. If yeah. you
1: actually know who the Mandarin is and <laughs> and saw a bunch of trailers and said the Mandarin is going to be in this, that's great. Like we, I was telling you months ago. Yeah. I'm very nervous about what they're going to do with the Mandarin because right. the Mandarin is a weird and complicated character. Yeah. And not only that, but probably like the most racist character that's yeah. ever been in a comic book. Yeah. I mean, so what are you going to do with that? And right. how are you going to have that in a movie? And
2: the answer is you're just not.
1: Well, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're
2: this, is, this is your answer. You put him in and you don't make him the Mandarin. <laughs> right. Just, you just you know,
1: pretend you sort you of have call the him Mandarin. Mandarin. Right. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I mean, it's such a weird thing to do to, uh, you know, put him in the trailers where we're, we're selling the movie as having the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And we had we even have scenes in the trailers that don't really exist in the movie. Right. Where you just have Ben Kingsley sitting there with his, you, you know, I'm like, I'm you're doing di- it I'm, to I'm, me. On, I'm on video it, here, yeah. putting his hands together right. like you would see the the, man- the Mandarin do and right. showing off the ring. Right and you're really selling the fact that the Mandarin is in here, the only reason to do that is to piss off comic book people. It does nothing else, because if you don't know who the Mandarin is,
2: it it doesn't doesn't mean
1: anything to try and sell that he's in it. There's a
2: certain mistake that Shane Black admits to have made, not in this movie, and this is going to be a hard film. This is, in some ways, if you're critical of this movie, it's going to be hard to get your voice heard about it, because (laughs) the success at the box office reminds me of the phantom menace when george lucas basically just said what do you mean people don't like my movie look at the look at the returns yeah, like there's except something that there's something that just cuz everyone goes to it I doesn't know, mean that i'm not arguing doesn't that. mean that everybody doesn't walk that, out hating <laughs> it there's a certain hubris there that he has had before with projects where and he hasn't said this this is just my interpretation of it where i think he thinks I'm going to get them in the seats, and they're going to be so impressed with the story and the way I did it. They'll forgive me for what I did. Right. And that doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Even, even as a Shane Black fan as I am, that was horrible. Right. That was just so – this this movie has so many things that, that could work and look like they'll work if they get put together right. Right. This is actually very interesting. This is probably – I think – well – I think about it later. I was going to say this might be the worst Shane Black movie I've ever seen, which is, again, not a huge list of things, not just counting his directorial stuff, his director's stuff. But, I mean, I like a lot of his films. But when the characters have motivations, they don't make sense. And when they're supposed to be motivated by what they're already established, they don't do it. Right. For me, there's a scene later, and this is total – you could write this off as it just being like an action film because this is kind of like in line with Shane Black's films, which are – buddy-buddy movies and you know cop buddy-buddy films and there's always like a, a system of things where they always happen at Christmas which this film does right. you know there's a there's a set of Shane Blackisms that happen one of the things that's really problematic that speaks easily to what I'm saying about is you know Pepper and Tony are in love he he does all of this stuff for her and he says so in the trailer and in the movie like I can't sleep because I'm trying to protect the one thing I can't live without which is you and it's pepper pepper in front of him falls to what we see is her death her fiery death right. and he sees this and he shrugs it off and starts quipping one-liners with Guy Pierce as they're doing their big fist fight right. and, it, and it goes on for like 10 minutes only after he's in trouble does she rescue him do we see that she's alive and we all knew pepper was gonna live right but Tony didn't and he the one thing that he can't live without he watches fall away from him into fire And he starts doing like Spider-Man insults and stuff like jumping around. No motivation to do what you're doing. No storytelling to stay where you're supposed to be. You know, the, the film had an incredible amount of fun stuff set up in front of it. I love the idea that instead of the villain of the movie, you've got to basically treat Tony Stark for what he just got out of, which is this PTSD thing of. Alien encounters, the world is now much, much bigger than it was. Right. And he's really affected a- that, by this. And that comes up several times. He and it does. has like and panic attacks right. and stuff. And, and one of them makes sense. It. I don't buy it every time it comes up. The one time I did buy it was the first time it came up. When he panics and he rushes to get into his suit because the enclosure is both right, right. a metaphor for being closed off from the world and cocooned, but also like he knows if I'm in this suit, I can survive anything because I just did. Right. That stuff works, but it doesn't always work. Like later, when he's doing it, like it's like four days later, and he's in Tennessee with the kid, and he has another panic attack, and all he has to do is just turn away from the kid and walk away, and he's like getting better. Right. Like there's no recurring like addressing of how he basically beat the symptoms the first time. Which, if he'd covered himself with his coat or something to close himself off, I would have bought more of it. But I love the idea that he's affected. And he has to fight with it and he has to figure out who he is. That's awesome. I love the idea of like anonymity, like the Mandarin is this anonymous, anonymous figure like the Taliban and like Al Qaeda that America's had difficulties with. You don't know who he is, but he's everywhere. Right. You know, versus Tony Stark, who was anonymous until he came out and said, hey, guess what? I'm Iron Man. And now you've got the conflicting powers of anonymity. Like when you advertise your address, this is what happens: terrorists blow up your house. Right. Versus all these other things, there were all these really awesome themes and motifs running around, and they don't do anything with any of them. Right. What they wanted to do, when we got to the final scene, the fine—not the final scene, but the you know the end boss, the final battle, the right. climax, <laughs> the end boss. It. It felt to me like what Shane Black really wanted to do, and he's wholly responsible for this. Robert Downey Jr. is still, like you said earlier, he's quippy, he's witty, he's Tony Stark. You know, He's going through the motions his buddy is right. putting him through. Shane Black directed it and co-wrote it. So this is his. He wrote what he wanted to do and then directed it the way he wanted it. Right. It felt like to me, I don't know if it felt like to you, it didn't feel like an Iron Man movie to me. It didn't even feel like a superhero movie to me. For like an hour and 20 minutes, it felt like he wanted to do a James Bond movie. Like it felt like basically I'm at this like big factory and I'm the super secret agent and I've got to get, you know, to my utility knife that can magnetize, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, it sounded it felt like to me that it really wasn't a Iron Man movie. Right. At all. <clears throat> and, I was, and I was watching this and I'm like, if that's the movie you wanted to make, that's cool. But that's not the movie you sold. Or advertised, right. or promoted, or you know, across the whole gamut of stuff, and and I was bored. It, I didn't think I could ever say like watching uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in a real film. When we got they're, the movie wrapped, I said to you, I'm like, why does this feel like Iron Man Five to me? Like exactly, it, like it right. felt like they run through all the ideas, and he had one more film on his contract, and this was and, the best. And it they was
1: could uh, it was this is uh, you know another thing that we've talked about for, with various movies, but this felt a lot to me for most of it. Now, there, there were parts that I liked. There were parts when I wasn't bored. Right. But like you, I liked the um, let's put PTSD in it. A lot it. of fun ideas. That was a good one. And make something happen, though, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we don't get to the point where we make something happen. No. There's not actually an ultimate point to it or something we want to say about it. It's well, just that Let's let's give, give it to him. him. Let's say he has and this. And it's like what you just said about that, that extremist
2: thing where it's like, well, it's going to hurt you because I said it would. Right. Like you've got PTSD because I said it and you don't sleep at night. Right. Like, OK, great. And and this was um, as I was trying,
1: uh, I was going to say, because we've talked about the same sort of thing in other things. This felt a lot to me like. What you have is Robert Downey Jr. really likes Shane Black and is good friends with him, and right. you know whatever the story is there exactly. And he says, "Hey, you know what? Well, now I'm going to help you out, and right. I'm going to get you on this big giant ass movie, right?" Right. And so then Shane Black's like, "I'll direct a big, I'll come to that giant ass movie right. and, and get time. a big paycheck, right. right?" And but what you get is this movie felt to me like. Um, Robert Downey Jr. got him the job and then he said, I better read some comic books, mm-hmm. right? He, like, this is a comic book movie made by somebody who doesn't actually have any interest in comic books. Right. Never read them. It's like uh, y- you know, I know we were just talking about this. When we, saw the,
2: when we walked out of the film, I said in, you know, just because you're a talented filmmaker or a talented artist doesn't mean you're talented at everything. You have to still work. right? I think Ang Lee is great but I don't think he can make a superhero film and it showed it with the halt right like I thought his what he saw were the issues of that movie specifically and that's kind of a good metaphor for this uh, an example of this which is he saw like father son issues and he explored it a lot right and he was like oh, but I've got to make I got I
1: remember we were talking about this because of, of uh, Star Trek like, Right.
2: the fir- we were mm-hmm. talking about
1: the first Star Trek movie and whether you like or hate that movie I liked it fairly well yeah. I didn't like some of the things that they did but whether you like it or not it still felt like a movie where, uh, as we're getting geared up for production, everyone involved goes, right. Well, I better watch, I Star, Trek watch Star Trek because yeah. I have no idea what it's about right. or anything. Right. You know, I and know it's it like a, yeah. you don't have like a history with Star Trek, and you're going, You're now going. Okay, well now I can build that into it or something. It's like basically you've got like probably eight tenths of like the script written. Right. And you have your whole idea and then you go, Well, I better (laughs) well it's like I better go see how exactly
2: exactly it works. Like what you're saying, you don't have a history with this, you have an opportunity with it. Right. And that's the difference. Where somebody comes to it. That's way how this movie felt to me.
1: Especially but then there are also, you know, the other things like the PTSD I thought was interesting, but it didn't It didn't seem like it amounted to anything. It didn't mean anything. It didn't really connect to the plot overall, like you would expect a movie's theme to Mm -hmm. do. Right? If you're going to have some theme at work, then it's supposed to do some work and do something other than just letting you show him have a panic attack once
2: in a while. (laughs) And it's also like what you said earlier, where it just doesn't. Okay, and I'm bouncing around a bit, but there's a scene in in um, Superman Returns where. Parker Posey is, you know, supposed to be a damsel in distress in a car that has no brakes and Superman saves her. Right. And she finally smacks Kevin Spacey in the face and says, "You didn't really have to cut the brakes." Like she was actually really in right. danger. Right. And he just coyly says, you know, "He would have known." Like, "I I you were fine. He I knew he would save you." There's a moment here like when I was talking about motivations that don't make any sense. The botanist is very important later in the film. Right. But when the when his house blows up, which is also a very funny Shane Blackism because it's like anytime there's a house on stilts and any movie he's ever directed, he explodes the hell out of it. Right. So, anyway, he, he has like the botanist come, and since we're into spoiler zone, like she's actually still with the bad guys when she comes. She's right. trying to lure him in, but it doesn't make any sense to explode the house when she could die, when she's really needed later in the movie. But you don't really think about that. It's like what you said: don't think about it too much. Except and that it's it, a little bit more of a fun ride. Except
1: that eventually, wouldn't it be funny if we didn't care if we needed her or yeah. you know whatever? Right. So then we. It, so but then all that. It's all, it's, it's all But not, not not just, only not only that. That's a problem with her. But I had right. more of a problem with her, just because it, she's so kind of on the fence mm-hmm. morally. Yeah, she yeah. that there's no such thing as that. Like it comes off very fake. Yeah. That it's like what I want to happen for the plot is that she'll be like this, and then five minutes later, I want her to
2: be like this. Right, she'll feel guilty, <laughs> and it
1: and, you know. and and I'm just kind of saying, except that it, it, it didn't, didn't work. It, it didn't feel real yeah. at all because you know once she's as far into this as she is. Mm-hmm. She's right up there with Guy Pierce. Right. She didn't care. Shit. The only reason she comes in to uh, you know, even connect with Tony Stark is that all those years ago in nineteen ninety nine, when he was yeah. drunk and doesn't even remember what right. he was doing, he wrote part of the solution to her problem on the back of a right. card. Yeah. Like he didn't even have to try. Right. He was drunk and yeah. doesn't remember doing it. But she was, you know, creating this thing all those years ago and experimenting with plants and getting the plants to regrow. Right. And then they'd blow up, right? And then they have their one-night stand, and then, you know, almost as an afterthought, he goes, ah, it would be nice if I solve her problem <laughs> for her, so right. I'll write down this, you know, thing. And then, and yeah, And she's got it, and right. she shows it to him, and it's like it almost solves all right. her problems. Right. And so, you know, that opens the door at the end right. to Tony Stark being able to say, "Well, I, you know, I—that's actually a good moment too. I, I, I almost solved it right. drunk twenty years ago. <laughs> first, like, I could probably figure it out." Yeah, and he's right. like,
2: "Look, I was not paying <laughs> right, attention. Right. I think
1: I can get this." Right. So, but, um, but anyway, the whole Mandarin thing, and you know, I don't want people to think going into this movie that really in the like bigger picture the problem is that we we screw over the mandarin right, right. the character yeah. that he is i think it's a horrible thing to do and it's just bizarre and like i was saying uh, yeah. to you earlier it's like if we if we suddenly wanted to round out some more heroes or like we made the next X-Men or we made the super friends or something like that, we pull somebody in who's like not that popular. Right. And we have Aquaman or we have, you know, some X-Man that hasn't been around a whole lot. So maybe people don't know him. And then what we do is, you know, we have Aquaman except he has nothing to do with Aquaman at all. Right. I mean, he's, he's called aquaman as like some joke that he's wet behind the ears right. and he has utterly different superpowers and that have nothing to do with the character at all and just go yeah that's right i made aquaman yeah. there there he is yeah and why have the mandarin and sell him as being so like the the character with the rings and everything it's really weird to me that you would actually I mean what you're doing is just going I just want to piss off comic book fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean because there's no other point to it. Yeah. You could, you know just don't you could have the same story and not have it be the mandarin or you know whatever. Right. But what I don't want people to think is ah well if you're a comic book fan then you don't yeah. like it because no. that's not actually the <laughs> yeah, ultimate right. problem. Right. I would figure it would be. If you're going to make a movie and what you're going to do is you know, screw over the Mandarin, like you were talking about, uh, Shane Black thinks that you'll forgive me because look yeah. at the great story that I made. If you made a great story, I did, might think I about might it, right? Right. But it's just a really stupid
2: yeah. gimmicky twist that is horrible anyway. And it's unnecessary. You didn't need it to tell the story. And in, in a way it undermines everything. This is not like Christopher Nolan's Batman versus you know, Tim Burton's Batman, another movie, right, right. another world. This is building off the last two films. We are to believe that those two films are really what happened. And one of the guys, Raza, in the first movie who was the terrorist everyone thought was the bad guy. Right. He's a member of the Ten Rings. That's what the Mandarin is. Like they've already established that this exists and that this is real. Right. But now they've come full circle and they're supposed to make you believe that Guy Pierce is the Mandarin. They didn't have anything to do with the Ten Rings. Right. So now what they're doing is they're literally cutting off their nose to spite their face and hoping you won't notice or you'll think they look great nose. Or, or you don't care And that care is the most whatever, ridiculous right. thing to try to do. But another negative thing about Shane Black, and he's even said this, and I'm going to paraphrase it, is in his movies sometimes he just throws everything at the wall. It's right. almost like he's a more violent version of Seth MacFarlane. Like right. he just throws everything out there, and he's hoping you're going to laugh at something. Shane Black thinks if I throw enough at you, something's going to stick. Right. But what about all the you know the debris around you? If, if like I that, if I have enough most, if I have enough plot things happening, right? Maybe you you'll
1: like some of them. You won't like some right. of them. But at the end of the day, maybe you'll have a good time or something. Right. And the thing that's weird about this movie is. Even going in from the first two movies, uh-huh. which you would think maybe you'd just have enough left over or something. Right. I could I could not find a way to really have a good time with this. You yeah. know, because it was just too, too doing too much. But we're, we're totally running we're out, of out of time. time. We can, so, we, so can we, gotta, and... we we should really just get out. But I think, you know, for me, I'm I'm trying to give it more and less than two stars. Four stars. I'm uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to give it less than two stars, and I'm like, well, but I like this and I like right. that, and I'm trying to give it more than two stars, and I'm going, well, well but I this like- <laughs> sucked and this is stupid. Yeah. So it's it's a, but it is it's a very weird movie. It, it is. really is. It's like you know you're going to have the characters and stuff, but don't think that you know what you're getting into just right. because you saw the first two. Right. It's, it's a it's a weird roller coaster of yeah. uh, of wacky stuff, but. I feel pretty good about like two stars because That's there so there, there were things that I liked. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. And it, I, I feel like in like a week I, I might go lower though, you know. This is this is
2: not even average. This is below average for all the things that were frustrating and annoying that didn't have to be there and it was boring in places it didn't need and as a result disappointing in a way that it didn't deserve to be. Right. When I came in, I was like, if I had to do the number grade stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's it's less than half. So it's 40. It's two right, stars. Right. I mean, we both came to the same thing. Yeah, It's, it's I, really frustrating. I,
1: I think it's good that this is uh, fairly instant. And um, yeah. I am just going to say yeah. uh, goodbye to all the people who are live. Right. Um, and we'll be back next week with The Great Gatsby, I think. what's <laughs> Next week. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, and then, you know, if you're listening on the right on the podcast Thanks. or whatever. But I, I did just want to also throw out, you know, this is a movie that I I feel very weird in a certain way about the whole, uh, you know, instant reaction, mm-hmm. because I really feel like like right now there are several good things about the movie that I liked. And since we've already, you know, spoiled lots of stuff. That part where at the end where all these suits just show up, right. all these empty suits with just Jarvis con- controlling them all fly to the rescue and finally break out of the basement in right. his house because a crane tore some stuff off of the thing. I don't know. I right. thought that was a little goofy. It's a little like um, – I don't know. It's it's a lot of things. But I thought, it, I thought that is something that you could have done something a little cooler with than just okay fine they show up or something but Mm -hmm. something where it's like you know uh, tony stark is literally being saved by his suits right i I thought that was really cool except that by the time we get to the end of this movie i don't care but there are there were a lot of parts that i thought were really good but I'm really kind of strongly feeling that as time goes on, all I'm going to really remember is the negative is the negative. Yeah. and it's going to get worse and worse. So like in a month or, you know, by the time I, I would have really expected to have this in my top 10 yeah. or buying for this a was, spot on my top 10. Yeah. And by the time we get to like the end of the year and do lists, I, I am going to, It's going to be
2: less than two by then. That's my feeling. It sucks too because that is a fun point, you know, in the film, and it's actually an interesting metaphor in a way for the movie too. Which is, you see, early on, it's not just at the end, but you get the you get the reveal slowly that he doesn't even need to be in the suit anymore. Like all these suits that come save him, and his jumping from one suit to the next and literally being in touch with Jarvis. It was one of the best parts of that finale when he's running and he's like, "I need a suit." Like right. you got to send me, and they're flying everywhere, they're fighting everybody, Right. and he's just leaping with abandon, hoping that a suit's going to yeah, find him. Right, right. You know, and it's awesome. There it were does. some very cool parts like that. But yeah. there's there's this thing early that's established and it's shown there that he doesn't even need to be in the suits; that they can they can function, you know, without him or you know outside of him, and that they're, you know, they're dressed up, they're all shiny, but they're hollow. There's the movie for you, in my opinion. Right. It. it it's not that the movie is heartless. It's just that there's nobody inside the suit. So it's not the same experience, right? That it's basically just being done by remote and like second hand or even third hand in some ways. And it feels like that, you know, there's even this, there was even a fun thing where I like the stuff between Pepper and Tony where they're arguing about, you know, she's like, you spend all your time in here and he's like, okay, well, like I, you see in the trailer, I can't live without you. I got to protect you. Right. But there's even a fun moment when it's really like a three-way love story between Tony and his suits, Tony and Pepper, and the suits are always in the way. And it literally gets into their bedroom, like right. that scene where they're dreaming and where they're sleeping and he's having a nightmare and he accidentally calls the Iron Man suit, and it attacks Pepper. Right. Like that's an awesome metaphor for something between you know. Except if
1: you haven't seen the movie, it doesn't really attack, or it just kind of, you kind of grabs you. Know, it's not like it, it, doesn't know, throws, like it throws her, her around. The wall. That'd right. be
2: awesome if it did that right. too. But you know, just even that, and the last thing, which is the manufactured buddy cop thing between you know, you could argue that it's really important that Iron Patriot. I can't even say that name without right, cracking yeah. up. That Rhodes, you know, has to be there to save the president. All the president stuff, all the road, Rhodey being around for the last forty-five minutes. It's, it's almost it's unnecessary, it, and all it is is he loves buddy buddy films, and that's his right. so to he, make a, a he superhero have, buddy film. He
1: has to have a buddy in it and somewhere. It's
2: just so annoying. And
1: yeah, the whole Iron Patriot thing is completely throwaway, except yeah, that, except that it's all kind of like, um, you know, writing a movie backwards in a certain way where you're going what I want to get to at a certain point right. is that you know the the Iron Patriot suit becomes part of right. w- what's happening at the end and so well if I'm going to do that then I have to put Iron Patriot in, in the, the movie right, yeah. and give him a scene or two and and let yeah. and let him be in the movie otherwise I can't get where I want in right. the end but it doesn't really I, I don't know it doesn't jive very well, but um one last thing that I wanted to say, especially because you were talking about, and this is you know this is kind of nothing, and it's not really probably here nor there, and not many people watching the movie will probably care, but since you were talking about that there there is a definite problem going on throughout the movie with people's motivations. Mm-hmm. And we've got, uh, you know, we've got botanist girl. She doesn't really make sense with right. her flip floppiness. I don't, I don't think anyway. And um, not that that basic line couldn't happen, but this movie doesn't really sell it as being realistic. And we've got, like you said, you know, Tony's even got motivations that don't make sense. Yeah, but you know. There is something about Pepper Potts that, especially in this movie, but actually even in previous movies, that I just don't buy. Do you hate Gwyneth Paltrow? I do actually hate Gwyneth Paltrow, but that's not why. (laughs) Everybody hates Gwyneth Um, Paltrow now. I I think I just saw a thing that she's like the number one most hated celebrity in the world or something. But anyway – I do really hate her, um, but it has nothing to do with why I don't <laughs> right, like, this, like, this. like this part. But, you know, like she's going, you know, Tony, you're always with your suits and blah, 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 blah. And I just don't buy that. Yeah, You're in a relationship with Iron Man. Right. And you're going to go, you know, I mean, it's like. Are you going to watch football all the time? Right. I mean, like we're having some like weird let's connect this to real people and their relationships. You know, yeah. you're going out to the bar again tonight and right. not spending time with me. I'm Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm right downstairs. Right. Yeah. Is, You've got the is, code. Really, you're always coming in. Right. Is it really something where she's going, you know, right. I, I she's getting that uptight about everything. Oh, now you're wearing the suit around <laughs> the house. And if that, uh, if you, uh, how right, is Iron right. Man not wearing the suit that, around the house? If you were Iron Man, one of, you would be wearing the suit. One around of the, the house. biggest things that bugs me
2: about the whole film was that he chose to wear a prototype suit when he felt everything was dangerous. Right. If right. Iron Man was wearing his Mark Four or whatever, whatever ones you want to call them, if he was wearing a real, the fully real operational, operational solid really solid one, then we'd moment, have the moment the helicopters no hit. He would have flown out there and ripped those things down <laughs> right. and found their families and messed them up. Too. Right. It, it, the whole movie is predicated on one. And this is actually one of the things I like about the idea of the movie, which is his character is thoughtless and, and egotistical and all of these things. And he makes mistakes. He leaves a huge wake of mistakes in his life behind him. And eventually they all catch up to all of us. Right, right. That's a great part of the movie. That's an awesome way to start the film. It doesn't make any sense if he's that paranoid and needs to be that much in control to right, be like, hey, exactly. I got this he's prototype. Got, he's got really, both things going right, on. I'm not really Iron Man right now. I'm kind of like Tinfoil Man. Like, right. This isn't a really good suit, but you know. Anyway, yeah, but whatever. they spent so much time with those metaphors and those. You know, those avenues instead of the stuff that would have made it a really better film. Yeah. So.
1: Ultimately, it, it has its its positives, but it, and it it, tries it's to really stay,
2: kind of a mess. It, this is real quick. It tries to stay, you know, in the vein of telling things that are important, like what you were saying when they've got if you've got War Machine, if you've got Iron Patriot in the film and you're using him to basically knock on doors for comedic relief, looking for the Mandarin and it's always the wrong place. Mm-hmm. That's a great metaphor for America looking for terrorism. You know, that's an awesome, perfect thing and go with it. Don't just make it a gag for three seconds and then leave it because you got to introduce roadie somewhere. Right. It's just bad storytelling. So, all
1: right. Anyway, so if you uh, stuck around this whole time on the podcast, you're awesome. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, as I already said, next week, uh, probably Gatsby. Yeah, that is next week, right? Man, I think that we should find something else. You're just not gonna like it. Yeah, that's okay. I don't have to like everything. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, thanks very much for tuning in, and we will uh, see you again next week. Bye, bye.